area of your emotion. Just sing those words. I believe more than enough. More than enough. More than enough. If you have the faith of the size of this mustard seed, if you believe with nothing doubting, all things are possible with you. Just right now, wherever you are in your life, just right now, just give it all to Jesus and believe and tell him, Father, I believe you are more than enough to meet every need of my family, my life. You can meet the need of our nation. You are able to meet the need of this world. We glorify you. We magnify you as the all-supreme, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the ever-present God. We worship and we adore you and we thank you. The Holy Spirit, you are here to do signs and wonders, to glorify the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ touching lives saving and healing and seeking out those who are lost we honor you this morning we honor you as our God and our Father we honor you Jesus as our Savior and our Lord we confess you our Savior, our King and our Lord we honor you Holy Spirit Spirit of truth and comfort our God and our leader into the throne room, we honor you we thank you for being present. We worship you as the body and as the church of the head who is Jesus Christ, Lord of lords and King of kings. We praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Turn to somebody next to you. Shake their hand. Hug their neck and tell them I love you in the love of the Lord and I am glad you are here. Tell them I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Go ahead, reach around. Go ahead, reach out to somebody. Just bless them real good. Bless you guys. Hallelujah. Hey there, Alice. Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad you're here. Just want you to know we're going to be putting more chairs out, but we got more parking coming. These walls come out. We got enlargements coming, and just want you to believe with us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be doing things on the property. We got property across your street. So listen, we're not landlocked. We're ready to go. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, we're locked. Look at you there and say, we're locked and loaded. Hallelujah. We're locked and loaded. Hallelujah. So glad you're here. If you're visiting us for the first time, would you just lift your hand? We want to recognize you. We're so honored to have you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Derek's mom, anybody else? God bless y'all. Good to have you. Anybody over here? Hallelujah. God bless you. Good to have you. Oh, we're so glad. Thankful. Over here. God bless you, sir. Good to have you. Good to have y'all. God bless you. Welcome. Anybody else right over here? God bless you. Good to have you. Glory. Anybody over here? Glory. God bless you. Well, I tell you, their hands everywhere. Let's just give them a big hand. Let's thank God that they're here. We're glad you're here. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Well, I had a mom. We're going to uh, do a baby dedication, two baby dedications. But I had a mother last week. She, as she was leaving, she hugged me. She said, my son's through at boot camp, and he'll be here Sunday. And I told her to email me, but uh, she didn't. But I hope you're here. Are you, Mom, are you here with your son that just got out of the Marine boot camp? Are you here today? You talked to me. You told me your son was going to be out of the Marines. Are you here, Mom? Oh, they must still be celebrating that he's alive and made it out of boot camp. But uh, sorry he wasn't here today, but we wanted to recognize and tell him we're proud. Boy, you get out of boot camp with the Marines, you've done something. Hallelujah. So we're proud of him. We just praise God for what he's doing. And uh, is Quinique here? No. Did her husband got in? Not yet, but he's in the States. He's on his way. Hallelujah. In from Iraq. Praise. Oh, Afghanistan. He's from Afghanistan. And we prayed for him and we thank God. He'll go and come back safely. Amen. Just want to encourage you uh, to uh, lift up our military and keep them covered. And, and uh, especially uh, all of them and the ones you know, just because God protects them. Thank God they go and they come back safely. You know, I was reading about a soldier who, uh, he was an immigrant that came in 1913 and was drafted into the Army, uh, World War I. And uh, a lot of soldiers were dead, and they thought he had died, and they put him with the dead, and he was in there in the morgue with all the dead. And then some nurse found him and saw that he, it was the flu, and he wasn't dead, so they took him out. And when they were going through his possessions, he had his Bible open, and it was talking about, uh, in him I live and move and have my being. And the Lord just kept him alive and brought him out. And so thank God for soldiers, and we just thank God for that they are covered and that they're going, they're coming back safely in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to dedicate little Chloe. So would this proud family please come as we get ready, the family and friends come, as we get ready to dedicate Chloe this morning. Hallelujah. Just bring that little angel up here. What a blessing. Amen to dedicate the babies. Hallelujah. I hope this baby gets oil. There she is. Look at there. Well, I tell you, don't all our babies look like movie stars? Hallelujah. Huh? Boy, that's a proud mom and dad. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, y'all lift your hands towards little Chloe, and we want to anoint her. Come on, you keep close to your hub and your baby here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we anoint Chloe, and we thank you, Father, that she is in the mom, the dad and the mom, and we thank you that she is a blossom. And we thank you that she is blossoming in the house of the Lord. She's the planning of the Lord that you may be glorified. We thank you that she has been given to this mom and dad, lent to them, to raise in the admonition of the Lord. We plead the power of the blood of Jesus over her mind, her emotions, her body. We thank you, Father, according to Jeremiah, you have plans in the future that even while she was in her mother's womb, you plan and ordain a pathway for her. And we thank you. She shall fulfill the days of her life. And she shall fulfill the purpose and the plans you made. We pray, Father, there's such a spirit of the Lord moving and stirring on the inside of her. That, Lord, she will not step aside to the left or the right. But she shall follow the straight and narrow. And she shall be found faithful. And she shall grow. And she shall flourish in the fruit and in the works of the Holy Spirit. And we just now dedicate her, spirit, soul, mind, and body, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wanted to uh, touch her feet, but she doesn't let go of my finger. Boy, she's got a grip. Hallelujah. 
Can I have, no, you let me, okay, now I bless your feet in Jesus' name. I had to let my finger go. She's got oil in her hands. So, hallelujah, mom, bless you. Hallelujah, know y'all doing a good job and continue. God bless you and bless little Tristan too. Hallelujah, God bless you. Let's give him another hand. Hallelujah. Is Isabella and Jackson here? Isabella and Jackson? Would their family come? Would y'all come please? We want to dedicate these precious babies. Hallelujah. All the families welcome to come. Family, friends, in-laws, outlaws. Everybody just come on and we're going to dedicate them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I tell you, our children's area, we got to build even children's ministry because it's just so big. Hallelujah. Look at them babies up there. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't they precious? Hallelujah. Let's pray for Isabella. Hallelujah. Hey, Isabella. Hey, sweetheart. How you doing? You're a miracle, huh? Both of y'all. Miracle. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, Isabella means God's promise, and God is my oath. And Lord, we pray the power of that name before you. We thank you that you have given us a promise and an oath that you're a God that cannot lie and cannot go back. And we praise you that every cell and all the marrow of her bones and every organ and every part of her body cries out health and healing. I praise you that she is healed and she is blessed and she lives to magnify you. I praise you that you have committed your promises to her and not one of these promises shall fail. She will be able to say up in age that not one promise of the Lord has failed me. We praise you for what you're doing by your mighty spirit. We thank you that she will shall walk in the precepts, Lord. Thank you for our hunger and our thirst for you. Thank you that, Lord, she has seen so much in such a young life. And I thank you for a spirit of compassion and love that will reach beyond the norm. That, Lord, she shall be like a Mother Teresa. That, Lord, no matter the conditions of their life, love will surpass what she sees and reach down into the heart of these people and bring wholeness and healing to their lives. I praise you, Father, and I thank you that she is dedicated for your glory. And we thank you, Father, covered by your blood and resurrected in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And, Father, I pray right now for Jackson that God is gracious. <laughs> we thank you, Father, as we anoint him right now for the gracious power of God. A young man established in the grace of God. We thank you for the spirit of life. And the spirit of God that's within him. We thank for a spirit of purity and holiness that's already within his heart. Thank you as David. He shall hunger after you. He shall thirst after you. And he shall find that river of the Holy Spirit and never cease to seek you. Lord, we bless her. Bless him right now. And I bless the dad and the mom. I thank you for giving them wisdom. The grandmother, Lord, the family. We just bless them, Father. And we thank you that they shall raise these children to follow you, to wholeheartedly seek after you. Because, Lord, you planted something, a spirit of joy, of laughter within him. Thank you for a happy child. Thank you for a child that loves you and shall serve you all the days of his life. And, Lord, we just thank you as they're dedicated to your glory. And the Satan, you cannot have them, you cannot touch them, because they look, belong for the glory of God. And we pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me have a kiss.
bless you. Let's give them another hand. Glory to God. How many here is wanting a baby after that? Huh? Oh, hallelujah. There you go, Neil. Well, Neil's ready for another baby. I guess if you have 200 fish on your website, you could have another kid, huh? Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to share with you in Psalms chapter 74, verse 2. I'm going to read this out of the message translation. If you don't have it, I know that it may sound a little different, but uh, just a little bit more modern English. Psalms chapter 74, verse 2. I know the King James says to remember, but I love what it says in the message. It says, refresh your memory of us. Refresh your memory of us. I'm telling you, after, before you leave here today, there's going to be something that's going to happen again between your heart and God's. And, and this is what's happening. Refresh your memory of us. You brought us a long time ago. You bought us a long time ago. Your most precious tribe. You paid a good price for us. How many know that Jesus paid a price for you? God paid a price for you and it was his son. When he bought you and he purchased you. It says you actually lived here once. Then it goes on in verse 4. While your people were at worship, your enemies barged in. Brawling and scrawling graffiti. And they set the porch on fire. Axes swinging and they chopped up the woodwork. Beat down the floors with sledgehammers and they split them into kindling. They burned your holy place to the ground and violated the place of worship. They said to themselves, we will wipe them out and burn down all the places of worship. There's not, listen to this, verse 9. There's not a sign or a symbol of God in sight. Nor anyone to speak his name. No one who knows what is going on. How long, God, will barbarians blasphemy and enemies curse and get by with it? How many of you live in a day where they're trying? I saw the other day where they took the Ten Commandments, the, a, a stone pillar, and they got a dolly, and they removed the Ten Commandments in front of a justice hall. And there's so many places they're wanting to remove the name of God. And even on our money, they're wanting to remove in God we trust. And these barbarians and many are just wanting to just seek the friendliness and be politically correct. But what's co politically correct with God, man is not necessarily politically correct with God. And how many of you know, I want God on my side and not man. I want to make sure that I'm well pleasing to God. And, and he's like, how long are these things going to happen? And you could drop down to verse 18. He says, mark and remember, God, all the enemy taunts and each idiot discretion. How many of you know? The Bible says idiot, so let me just use it since it's right here. There's a lot of idiot talking going on. There's a lot of things going on that does not mount up to what God said. And it says, how long will they blaspheme and they will talk? But I love this. Don't throw your lambs to the wolves. After all, we've been through. Don't forget us. Remember your promises. The city is in darkness and the countryside violent. But I love verse 21. Listen to this. Don't leave the victims to rot in the street. Make them a choir to sing your praises. Don't let your victims rot in the street. 
There may be some here this morning, some listening by internet. You may feel like your life, that you're a victim. Maybe you have been victimized. And you're wondering, oh, God can't use me. God is not even paying attention to me. But David is saying, in the midst of all these things that are happening, and we're wondering, where is God? Where's God in my life? When am I going to see the breakthrough that I'm believing God for? And you may feel like you're a victim of the roaring lion, the devil that goes around as a roaring lion. But the Lord says, I'm going to take those who feel like they are a victim, and I'm going to turn them around, and I'm going to use them as ministers for me. I'm going to give them a song when they've been crying out, where are you, God? I'm going to give them a song in the night that no matter what I see or what I feel, I may be like Paul in these chains and my back may be bleeding and I may be in some prison in some foreign land, but my mouth will magnify and boast in the Lord my God. It may be darkness in the land and I may be hurting on the inside, but I'm going to sing because I know that my Redeemer lives. And it says that I'm going to take the victims and instead of singing songs of being victimized and being poor and downcast and having no future, I'm going to turn them around and I'm going to give them a song and a shout of victory and praises unto God. Hallelujah. Amen. And it says in chapter 75 verse 1, we thank you God and we thank you. Your name is our favorite word. Everybody just say the name of Jesus. Just say Jesus. Just say it again. Say Jesus. Come on, you can say it louder. Say Jesus. Come on, say it again. Jesus. Jesus is our favorite word. Oh, your mighty works we all talk about. You are saying, I'm calling a meeting to order. I am ready to set things right. When the earth goes topsy-turvy and nobody knows which end is up, I'll nail it all down. And I'll put everything in place again. And I'll say to the smart Alex, that's enough. Don't raise your fist against God don't raise your voice against the rock of ages can I hear an amen that's what the word of God says so they can raise their hands and they can shout and the atheists can have their time and the mockers can mock but there's going to come a time where God says that's enough I'm going to nail it down I'm God I'm the king I'm the Lord America belongs to me my church belongs to me and so you can mock raise your hand you can say whatever you want to say you can make movies you can sing songs you can raise up groups to go around mocking the nails that nailed our Christ hands and feet you could go ahead and name your group nine inch nails and mock about my savior who was nailed to a cross even for your sins you could go around and mock called the lamb of God and sing blasphemies all you want you can go around and make movies and blasphemy what religion and the holy land and the cross and the empty tomb means people can go around and mock all they want to about the blood and the crucifixion but I want you to know there is going to be a day where he's going to nail it all down and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father it doesn't matter what men say it doesn't matter what men do the kingdom of God is not a kingdom established upon the works or the ideas of men the ways of man are counted all foolish but there is a way that's accounted unto God that shall stand and be established forever would you please honor the Lord Jesus Christ and would you praise him and glorify him as king of kings and lord of lords oh hallelujah hallelujah we honor you lord we glorify we boast in the lord of our salvation we magnify you jesus 
We exalt that beautiful name, that wonderful name, that holy name. We thank you for the nails that nailed you to the cross that we may be saved. We praise you for that empty tomb that forever speaks that you are the resurrection and the life. And we praise you for the eternity to face you. And no matter what happens in a topsy-turvy world, no matter what laws or critics or no matter what anyone will say, we will believe the report of the Lord. And Lord, we thank you that as we are willing to suffer for your name's sake, we're also willing to boast in the name of the Lord our God and make your name the most beautiful, wonderful, powerful name given among men that not only will the knees of men bow, but every devil of hell. And we remind you, Satan, mock and have your fun now. But the same foot that bruised your head is the same foot that's going to kick you into the tomb chain forever to inhale with all the demons of hell. Because our Jesus has arisen and he has decreed King of kings and Lord of lords. Go ahead and give him another praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With ushers, come forward. Hallelujah. Ushers, come on. Let's get ready to have our evening, morning offerings in time. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are our jubilee. You are our praise. You are our victory. You are our healer. You are our sanctifier. You are our justifier. Jesus, you are our champion. You are risen. And we bless and we honor you. Hallelujah. The splendor of a king And clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Let all the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide And trembles at His voice And trembles at His voice How great is our God Sing with me How great is our God and all will see how great, how great is our God. Age to age He stands, and time is in His hand. Beginning and the end Beginning and the end The God here three in one Father, Spirit, Son The Lion and the Lamb Lion and the Lamb How great our God, sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great. 
Come on, lift it up. How great. Name above all names. You are worthy of our praise. And my heart will sing how great is our God. Sing it again one more time now. We're singing name above all names. You are worthy of our praise. Oh, my heart will sing how great is our God. Lift your voices now, sing how great. Our God, sing with me how great is our God. Oh, sing how great. Oh, we're going to sing how great. We're going to see how great is our God. Raise your hands to the Lord Almighty and sing it again. Sing how great. How great. Is our God. Sing it with all of your heart. Sing it Sing to him. How great is you, God, my God. How great. How great. How great is our God. Father, we come before you this morning. We pray for those watching by internet. We pray for our military, those who are offshore, those who are off around. We say great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. That your name and your glory is worthy of all the praise, glory and honor. And Lord, we come before you today desiring to hear a word from your throne. Lord, we don't want a word to settle us. We want a word to shake us. We want a word to move us. We want a word to shatter our world and our comfort. Yes, God. That we would be able to live for the glory of our King. You, Jesus. Lord, you invested into our lives. Now, Lord, we want to invest into your name. We want to praise and glorify you. Anoint every seat and every person here. Anoint our ears to hear. And not our hearts to receive. Let our lives become a sacrifice for you. We come conscious of you, Holy Spirit, as you speak. Lord, I pray that not one will we run or hide away from you, but Lord, we'll run to you. Because only you can cover our nakedness. We praise you and we glorify you, Adonai. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, the church says amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. God bless you, church. Oh, hallelujah. Is God good or is God good? Hallelujah. Um, if you could check that air condition. Uh, well, we'll turn it up. Hallelujah. We're 555 today, so that's a lot of body heat. Hallelujah. Well, you know, as y'all know, I, even though I spoke about it and I got my ideas about it, 
I've been on Facebook for about two weeks now. And I know some of y'all, how many of y'all are fans of Sonic? Huh? Look at the fans of Sonic, huh? How many of y'all may not show it, but you're fans of Sonic? How many, like the, how many like that happy hour? And I'm not talking about daiquiris. I'm talking about Sonic, okay? I tell you what, there's nothing. I had this Friday. There's nothing like a lemonade. And I tell you, this prop was the hardest thing to hold on to. It's been thrown away four times. And I've, gotten, I've dug it out the trash four times because I'm going to use this as my prop. But how many of you have ever been thirsty and you go and you order and you get that awesome lemonade and, and it's yours and you're drinking it and all of a sudden you're... You're slipping or sucking or whatever you want to call it. Huh? Slurping. And nothing comes out. How many of you have ever had that happen? And you go, well, you know, there's still a bunch in here. What's going on? How many of you have ever taken the straw out and looked through it? And there's a little seed. You got a close-up on that, Brother Bob? There's a little seed. Get this stuck in the straw. Any of you ever had that happen? That little seed can stop all the refreshment you're waiting to get. And this little seed represents the sin, the hidden sin. And the straw represents the heart. And if the heart's not right, you can have all the promises and all the bounty of God. But if there's just something stuck in the way, that peace we've been talking about, and I've been waiting to give you this message this morning. Because I have felt for a while now this is the message that God wants us to have and wants to get His church. And I want you to see today, Mark chapter 14 verse 12, it says, There's a way of life that looks harmless enough, but look again, it leads straight to hell. There's a way that looks harmless enough, the King James says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. I love the message, though, because it talked about there's a way, but it looks harmless. Right now, I believe after this service, I'm going to be healed. I believe I'm going through. I have an inner ear infection, and I, I sound like I'm talking in a barrel. So y'all need to adjust me because I can't hear. I'm in a barrel right now. But I got an inner ear infection right now. And you know why? Because last week, I, it wasn't payday yet for me, so I couldn't afford to go get the chemicals I needed for the pool. And I checked the pool, and it, it was bad on chlorine, it was bad on pH, and it was bad on everything else. But you know that water looks so good. So who cares if the chemical was bad? I jumped in because it looked good. But guess what? I've been having a double ear infection now for over a week. Why? Because it looked harmless enough. But now I'm paying the price. I believe after this, I'm going to be healed tonight. So y'all come back tonight, and I won't be this way. But the Lord wanted me to have this just to be able to give you this example. Now, God, you can take it away. I'd be happy. <laughs> Go ahead, take it away. But listen, how many times? That looks harmless enough. A little petting, that looks harmless enough. A little watching this, a little dabbling in that, a little doing this, that looks harmless enough. But if faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain... Sin the size of a mustard seed can grow a mountain. And there's a way that seems harmless to a man, but the way ends in hell. You can see there in Proverbs 16.25, there's a path before each person. I love that. Each person. That seems right, but it ends in death. You may say, what are you talking about? What does this have to do with peace? Everything. The symbol of peace is the dove. The symbol of the Holy Spirit who is the author of peace, is the dove. Both of them have the symbol of the dove. 
If we quench or grieve the Holy Spirit, we lose our peace. And one of the things that causes our peace to leave us is when we're operating and we're dealing with sin and we haven't lived a life of repentance. And I love what Dr. Billy Graham said. We must caution ourselves to never compromise the gospel standards to accommodate the people who are not interested in repentance. This is what he said. We are dangerously near to saying to the prodigal son, it's not necessary to, to return to the father or home. We want to make you comfortable in the pig pen. And Dr. Billy Graham, which I believe is the greatest man alive, and I believe he's been one of the greatest ministers we've had for over a number of centuries, he is warning, be careful of this message that doesn't preach repentance anymore. And there's a story about a young minister who moved into a wealthy congregation, had a great parsonage, had a great salary, and he wanted to present the gospel, but he wanted to do it so he wouldn't hurt anybody's feelings. So he stood up and he said, Brothers and sisters, you should repent to some extent. Or else you might be damned and possibly go to hell, more or less. How many of you know there is no more or less to hell? There is either heaven or hell. And let me tell you one other thing. You're either saved or you're lost. There is no middle ground. And so he's warning us here about the, necess the, the need of really being heartfelt repentance. There's a story about two brothers. One was an outstanding citizen. The other was a convict. The convict killed a man and was convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment. His brother, who was a well-respected, went to his friend, the governor, and pleaded for a pardon for his brother. Since the governor respected the murderer's brother, he issued the pardon and gave it to his friend. The brother went to the prison to visit his sibling. He asked him, what would you do if you could get escaped or if you could be released? His brother replied, first I'd kill this judge. Then I'd murder the chief witness. And upon hearing this, the brother ended the conversation, walked out of the prison with a pardon in his back pack pocket and gave it back to the governor. What I want to share with you today according to the Word of God, and I will give you the Scriptures. And I want us to examine our hearts, and I want us to hear from the Holy Spirit, because we want to see the importance that of repenting. John the Baptist went preaching repentance, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Paul spoke of the kingdom being righteousness, peace, and joy. So the peace that we want to experience has a lot to do with the way we repent and get our hearts life with God. Now I know there's a lot of books and there's a lot of material. There's a lot of points. There's points to everything, and there's points to your peace. But it's amazing that I know a lot of believers that can do every point and still not live in peace because we're going to see according to the Word of God there's a type of repentance that is acceptable to God and there's a type of repentance that we're only willing to give. And so we want to get our lights right with God. Now very familiar scripture, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Now we all desire and we seek about being humble. It says if they humble themselves and if they pray. How many of you know we got prayer we even got the National Day of Prayer. We know, how to, we know the name of every principality and power and wicked spirit in high places. We've got the best of the best calling them down and commanding them to fall in Jesus' name. And yet, our nation in this world is still in an uproar. We do warfare and we've got songs of warfare. We've got marches of warfare. And we've got anointing oil with the right names. But yet, the war is not being won. He says it's not just a matter about being humble. It's not a matter of just knowing how to pray. It's, not a, it's also seeking my face. And I want you to see this part here. And it says, turn. Everybody say with me, turn. Turn, turn 
from their wicked ways. In other words, repent. It's the same message from the very beginning. Repent. And we've got numbers of books on prayer. We've got a number of books on humility and seeking God. But how many of us do we have books right there by our living room chair on the importance and how to live a life of a repentant heart? How many times do we have the National Day of Prayer and we pray all the right prayer and we pray for all the right people but we don't truly repent with the heart and turn from our wicked ways and it says that I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and then I will heal their land. Amen. I want you to see James 5, 15 and 16. It says, this is the message, and if you've sinned, you'll be forgiven. Look at this, healed. Inside and out. Listen to what it says there. Make this your common practice. Say that with me. My common practice. A way of life. Make this. Confess your sins. Say that with me. Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may uh, live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. There's something about a penitent heart. There's something about a person who lives right with God. David said in Psalms 51, 17, You will not reject a broken and a repentant heart, O God. Now look at 2 Kings 20, 1 through 7. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. And Hezekiah heard this and he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't finish that. Remember, O Lord, how, how I've been always faithful to you and served you, single-minded, always doing what pleases you. Then he turned and he broke down. I'm sorry. Y'all be patient. I'm trying to get this here. Look what it says here. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. He broke down. Say broke down. And wept bitterly. I want to show you today in the Word that a lot of reasons I believe we're not getting our breakthrough into peace is because we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to break us where we need to be broken. If America will not only pray and seek my face, but if America and if my people will break down before me. For years we've heard preachings about, oh, you don't have to act like a poor beggar. You don't have to cry anymore. But it's amazing. A lot of people who believe that go no farther in life. It says that Hezekiah broke down and wept bitterly. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, his message came to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, and tell him, This is what the Lord, God of your ancestor David, said. This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your what? Tears. Seen your tears. I will heal you. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. Three days from now, you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. And I will add 15 years to your life. And I will rescue you and this city from the king of Syria. And I will defend this city for my honor and the sake of my servant David. Then Hezekiah said, make an ointment of figs. So Hezekiah's servant spread the ointment over the boil. And Hezekiah recovered. I have a question for you. What if King Hezekiah would have repented 
like we most of the time repent. Fast food repentance. Lord, I'm guilty. I'm sorry I did. I ask you to forgive me. I plead the blood of my sins. I think I'm free. In Jesus' name, amen. He would have died. His peace would have left me here. God's talking. If Ezekiah would have just said, Lord, I just thank you for forgiving me and that I'm forgiven, and he wouldn't have broke before God, Hezekiah would have died. But he says, I heard your prayer. But Hezekiah, I've seen your tears, and I see that you're broken. You're actually broken over what you've done. And he gave the prophet the word. Not only are you to pray and are you to tell him that I'm going to give him life, I want, I'm going to show you something you didn't know. I want you to make an ointment with figs, and I want you to put it upon the boil, and I'm going to show you the cure, a cure you didn't know existed. There are things you're believing God for, the answer for your business, the answer for your family, the answer to your marriage, the answer to your own health. And there are secrets that are in the heart of God for those who seek for it. But a lot of times the answers that we are seeking for are only going to come through a broken and a repentant heart. We have come to a realization, we, we've come to think, it's not a realization, we've come to believe, oh, you know what, I'm a child of God, you know, uh, I'm living in grace, I can just get away with anything, but Paul says, be careful you don't use grace as a license to sin. And a lot of times we, we are hearing things and we're hearing just, you know, it's okay, you know, you, you just go ahead and live your life and, you know, God's going to forgive you. But we see all through the Word of God that there is a warning that He is calling us to live a life of repentance and that if we do not deny self, we will end up denying Jesus. If we do not, and I'm going to show you this in the Word, if, in the New Testament, because I know some are saying, you know, you're preaching Old Testament. Okay, well, we'll go to the New Testament. But listen, church, it's amazing that in Revelations chapter 2 and 3, Jesus said, repent to the churches there eight times. Eight times he said, repent, or I'm going to remove my Holy Spirit from your presence. David prays, Father, don't remove your Holy Spirit or the presence of God from me. Don't remove the Holy Spirit from me. Sin causes the enemy to, to come and attack our lives. Repentance can change our life more than anything else. David said in Psalms 51, 11 and 12, Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Church, listen. No Holy Spirit, no peace. Tonight, I'm going to be sharing about the rapture and I'm going to be teaching what Jesus Peter and Paul said about the rapture. I'm going to be sharing that tonight. And one of the things about it is that once the church is taken up, the Holy Spirit's going to be taken up, and then tribulation, real tribulation, is going to begin. Listen, when the Holy Spirit is absent, that's when you thought you lived in hell. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, there is no way of peace. Now, we could try to find happiness in different things, but there is no divine peace without a heart that is broken before God and acceptable in the sight of God and acceptable in the sight of the Holy Spirit. I want to show you here in Joshua chapters... Uh, I must have passed it up. Joshua chapter 6, verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. How many of you know they just came against the city of Jericho? Everybody knows the story about Jericho. How the priests and the, and the Levites, they walked around with the uh, ark of God and they, they were silent for six days. And on the seventh day, they shouted and the walls of Jericho fell. And all the enemy was destroyed and they gained a great victory. But how many of you know, even in the midst or after a great victory, even in the midst of a move of God, there still can be secret sin. 
And because of one man's sin, I want to show you here in Joshua 7, 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed. Look at that. The accursed things. For Achan took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. You cannot hide not only what's in your house, but you cannot hide what's also in our hearts before God. The accursed thing provoked the anger of God. Adam and Eve was in the midst of the garden, but because of sin and touching the accursed thing, the presence of God was lifted and they saw themselves naked and ashamed. There are people that can't even stand to be through a whole worship service. There are people who cannot even sit through a whole service because they feel naked and ashamed when things start speaking about you start speaking about pornography, start speaking about adultery, start speaking about drugs, and start speaking about fooling around, start speaking about dabbling into this and dabbling into that. A lot of people all of a sudden get nervous, and all of a sudden you start seeing people want to get out, and man, I want to get out of church. I'll never go back to that church again. I hope you're not feeling that way, but there may be people right now saying, man, I'll never go back to Word of Grace. Man, he was just stepping on my toes, and he don't have no right to. Well, listen, I'm not stepping on any toes, but the Holy Spirit has all the right in the world to minister to you, and touch you and talk to you if you say you are his then he is going to treat you as his and he does not want the accursed thing in our house or in our midst it burnt it, the anger of the lord burnt and i want to show you this look how real this is joshua chapter 7 11 through 12 listen what it says here israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant that i commanded them for they have taken some listen it may not be a whole lot it may not be a whole lot. Look what it says. They have taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand. The children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before the enemies because they be, have become doomed to destruction. Listen to what it says. Neither will I be with you anymore. Amen. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed thing from among you. So many people, Pastor, why is my life messing up? Why can't my marriage get healed? Why can't things change for me? Look what he says. I will not be with you anymore. Joshua chapter 1. Why did God tell Joshua, I'll never leave you or forsake you? Every place where your feet goes, I'm going to be with you. Church, let me tell you something. The reason there's an absence of peace is because when we break the law of God, God breaks his commitment to the covenant for you. He told Joshua, I'll never leave you or forsake you. All of a sudden, here they are in sin. One man, one man. Isn't that the way sin is? We think, well, you know, it's just a little something. It's just a little bit of stuff of the world. It's just a little bit of playing with things of the world. It's just a little bit of it. But one man sinned, and it cost him the life of him, his wife, and his children. And the whole nation suffered. The whole nation suffered because one man took what was not supposed to be, what was God said, that's a sin, that's a curse. And he took it, he brought it in his house, and then God says, I'm not going to be with you anymore. Oh God, but you said you never leave me or forsake me. Paul taught this in the New Testament. He said, the only reason a man can divorce his wife or a wife can divorce her husband is because of the sin of what? Adultery counsels. The marriage contract. What is God saying here? Church, listen. God is saying sin 
cancels the blessing of God. And many people, well, what am I going to do? Repent! That's the good news. Joshua fell on his face before God. Repent! That you not likewise perish. Amen. So the, here they are. He, he said, I took some stuff. I took the clothes. I took the jewelry. I took the gold. It was one man's idea. But listen, let me tell you this and don't forget it. God takes sin seriously. I don't care who on TV tells you that he doesn't. The Word of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God, the author of this Word, he takes sin very seriously. Why? It cost him the life of his son. You talk to Sergeant Gary, who lost men in the military. And he knows his men by name because he saw them killed in battle. He respects the men. He had to go to men, including Brad Hightower and others, and give them medals because of their being wounded in battle in Iraq. You talk to a mother and father who lost a child for serving this country. And when they see all the stupidity and things that are going on trying to belittle the patriotism in this country. You talk to a mom and dad who gave their son or sons or daughters for the freedom of our country. And they'll say, I gave my sons this country to be free. I didn't give my son the men who served in World War II and Vietnam and Korean War. They say, they would tell you, I didn't serve this country to see it taken over by a socialist spirit. I gave my life to see this country remain free and a walk according to the Constitution of the United States of America. I've been to the Korean War. I've been to the Vietnam War. I've been to the World War II Museum. And we see our brothers and our sisters, our men, our uncles, our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers. They gave their life so that this country could be free and not controlled and under a liberal spirit, but could be free. Well, I want to tell you something. As much as that means to us as Americans, it even means more to the God Almighty who gave His Son to be tortured upon the cross of Calvary and bear the whip upon his back and nailed to an old rugged cross because he despises sin so much. It heart and broke the heart of God to such a point that God had to turn away from looking at his son being torn apart upon a cross for our sins. And he says, because I love you so much, I give my son to you. But I would did not give my son Jesus to die on the cross. For the accursed thing to be in your house, or even worse, to be in your heart. God, where are you? I don't feel any peace. Where are you, God? He says, I am waiting to see the blood over you again. I am waiting to see this altar of repentance to where I can come once again and abide in my holy tabernacle. I'm looking for a people who are falling on their face and repenting for error and sin and rebellion and the wickedness of their ways that I may come and heal their land. Now I know this morning many of you say, boy, I didn't come to hear a message like that. Boy, you, I'm never coming back. You're not going to be very popular. You better enjoy this crowd while you can. I tell you what, I want to enjoy a crowd that I know who's going to be in heaven with me instead of entertaining a crowd that's going to end up in the fires of hell and burn eternally. I am here today to warn you and tell you that the wages of sin is still death. You might have prayed the prayer. You might have asked God to forgive you. But without a change of heart. Without a change of heart. 
you will always fall back and dabble with the accursed thing. God says, I'm coming back for people without spot and wrinkle. And many times as preachers, we are guilty of lying in the pig pen. Go ahead and stay in your sin. Go ahead and just do what you want to do. But there is coming a judgment day, believe it or not. And I don't want something like this to be the reason I'm ashamed before God my Father. Amen, church. Listen now. They had got the victory. And the spies went to spy out Ai. And Ai was just a little bitty old hick town. And they said, you know what? Just send two or three thousand. They're nothing. It says there, just send two or three thousand men to attack them. And they went to them. And the men of Ai, with their just real low-graded weapons, defeated Israel and killed many. And they came back and they told Joshua, we've been defeated by the enemy. And verse 6, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell on the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. And the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Lord God, why? I imagine if God has heard anything in his without end life, he's heard his children cry out, why? Have you brought this people over the Jordan to all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we have been content. Listen, Joshua goes back on his confession. If we have been content to dwell on the other side of Jordan. The confession of one, the sin of one man had brought a curse upon the whole people. And it says in verse 20, And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I've done. And if you read about Achan, it says, I saw and I took the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I saw and I took, and I hid it in my tent. He confessed to it. Listen, I saw and I took. And they took him, his wife, and his children. They took him outside the city, and they stoned him to death, and then they burned him to ashes, and the curse was broken. Now, don't worry. We're not going to do that to you today. What I'm here to tell you is that if instead of us being stoned and burnt, Jesus was crucified in our place. So that what we do to break relationship with the Holy Spirit can be restored through a repentant heart. Amen. Listen. There was over three million that crossed the River Jordan. One man sinned. One man. Listen, this is what I want to say. God sees you even in a crowd. If you go in and read that story, he broke up the children of Israel, 12 tribes. He broke them into tribes, then he broke them into leaderships, then he broke them into families, then he broke them up into heads of home. Believe you me, God can single out a person. I may not know. Others may not know. But what I'm telling you by the Holy Spirit today, God sees your heart and your life and He knows where things are hidden that He calls accursed. It's the truth, church. I want to show you this out of Peter. Well, I tell you the story of Nathan 
How many remember the story of Nathan and David? Nathan and David. Nathan was the prophet. David was the king. And David thought for a year he had got away from the sin of adultery with Beersheba. Nathan prophet went up to David and started telling him, you know, God's calling. Nathan went up to David and said, there's a story about a rich man who had all the lambs he wanted. And a friend came by and wanted to spend the night and desired to eat lamb. So having a servant who had raised one lamb, who had one lamb, raised him from birth. And the rich man said, why would I kill one of my many lambs when I can go and kill the lamb of my servant? And this rich man who had all kind of lambs without numbers went and killed and took the lamb that was raised by this man from a young you. And the rich man said, I'll take his. And he killed and he slaughtered and he fed it to his friends. What should we do with such a man? And the king says, kill him. And Nathan, out of a big crowd, said, Oh, king, you are the man. You took that which was not yours. You took the accursed thing. You murdered And you took the accursed thing. And now the blood is on your hands. Thank God David listened. When he was pointed out, he fell on his knees. And he truly repented. Now we come to the story of Peter. And the Lord turned. Peter had denied him three times. And it says, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. The message translation says, He cried and he cried and he cried. Church, if we have not been able to cry and weep over our sins, we have done them for so long that we're comfortable with them and they're comfortable with us. There's no way we'll be able to live in the peace of God that passes understanding. Peter looked into the eyes of Jesus and it pricked him. And he went out and he went out. But now I want to get to the good news. You ready for the good news? After Peter had wept, that means Peter came to the end of himself. He told the Lord, I'm going to follow you. And the Lord says, no, you can't follow me now. Everybody say now. He said, you can't follow me now, but once you are converted, or in other words, once you are broken and you weep and you are truly now empty of yourself, I'm going to convert you, you're going to be converted, and then I'm going to use you to strengthen the brethren. Once you weep, and once you break, and once you humble yourself before God, and once you realize you see in the eyes of Jesus the sin that I have done, the wrong that I have done, I have denied Jesus instead of denying myself, by by not denying myself that pleasure and that sin and that secret sin, by not denying me what my body's craving, I will deny Christ, because you either deny Christ or you would either deny yourself. And in America we are taught, do not deny yourself. Make sure you deny Christ. We have to be careful as Christians that this message of the gospel is still the foundation of the church and it will never change. 
No matter how many new translations are written, no matter how many new ministers are raised up, no matter what message makes the church grow the biggest, Jesus went about, and I'll show you just a minute in Matthew, He went about preaching. Jesus Himself went about preaching. Repent! Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is a hand. Peter had a now moment and went out and wept. And he came to an end of himself and he was converted. And listen, listen. When we're broken, it'll drive us to Pentecost. When Peter was broken, it drove him to Pentecost. And when he went to Pentecost and he got filled with the Spirit of God, and when the Spirit of God came upon him and in him, he went away after he was threatened to be killed. He went away thinking, God, he was worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. Or in other words, I'm not denying Christ anymore. Whip me, kill me, destroy me, whatever you want to. But no matter what pressure you put on me, I am not denying Him anymore. I denied Him once and it drove me to my face and it drove me to my knees. I committed that sin once. I committed that sin twice. I've been committing that sin for a year, two years, whatever the case may be. But one day, it drove me to my face and it drove me to my knees and I cried out to the God of mercy and I said, Lord God, have mercy upon me I have been judging and I have been mean and I have been trying to ignore but I am here guilty of this sin in my life and I'm crying out my God my God have mercy upon me I want to be free from this sin I want to be free from this chain I want to be free from this shackle and when I come to the end of myself God will come into me the Holy Spirit will come into me. But I've got to come to an end of me. That is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. Oh, somebody ought to sing, give me that old time religion. That's what this is. This is the truth of the Word of God. Without holiness, no man will see God. It is written. There will be no peace. There will be no joy. Bunch of people just skipping around. Oh, I prophesied in your name. I healed the sick in your name. Oh, I love the hype. I love the hype. I love the hype. And he'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Because you looked for the hype, but you did not look into your whole heart and humble yourself and cry out, oh my God, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. There's been this message for years, but yet the same ministers who preached a message about everything's okay are the same ones who fall into sin time and time again and the divorce rate and the stealing and the robbing. But I say by the grace and the mercy of God, I do not want to be another one to throw dirt upon the name of Jesus. But I want to be able to stand before my God. I preached your word. I lived your word. I believed your word. I settled your word in my heart. That I will not sin against you. That's what I believe. Then look. Whew. But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Look at you ever say, Get up. Oh, thank God. There's a time when you've fallen before God and you don't understand. You may not even see things in your life. There's a time God after a while, God says, Get up. It's time for you and I to talk. Get up and deal with it. Repent and confess it. I love the word repent. If you take notes, the word repent, the first part, re, means to begin again. And pent is where we get our word, the penthouse or the building, the room on the top of all other rooms. The word repent means to begin 
again on top. To be taken from as low as you have been and to be taken and put back on top. It means to arise to your rightful place. Look at this. I was already there, I'm sorry. Look what it says. Luke 15, 20. And he arose. Everybody say arose. Talk about the prodigal son. He arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Somebody shout hallelujah. And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I want to also tell you, I'm not praising, I'm not praising the power of sin or the devil today. I'm talking about a merciful, loving, compassionate father that when you finally fall and, you're, and you come to your senses and say, my God, I have sinned, I have done what was wrong, I have taken the accursed thing, I repent for my sin, then it says that God will take you and he will cleanse you and he will take you. And the daddy said, bring the ring back, I'm putting it back on him. Bring the robe back, I'm putting it back on on him. Bring the shoes of peace. I'm putting it back on him. He that was lost and in sin, I'm going to take him and put him back and he's going to begin on top again as if he had never sinned. Oh, hallelujah. As if he had never sinned. That's why Jesus arose from the dead. The demons saw they had him. But when he, God was not going to allow his son to see destruction listen you may be here today and you may be battling something but i got the word of god to tell you you repent he will not allow he see you his son or his daughter to see destruction you may be in the pig pen of something you may be fighting with something and god knows you've tried to get out of it there there is a repentance that breaks the chain and lets you go free jesus preached and Matthew 4, 17, from that time Jesus began to preach saying, what did he say? What was the message of Jesus? What was the message of Jesus? Shout it, church. What did he say? Repent. Arise and begin again from your broken down state to be on top. I created you to be the head and not the tail. Repent and I will cause you to arise and go forward. And it says in Joshua... Joshua 8.1 I now the Lord said to Joshua Do not be afraid Nor be dismayed Take all the people of war with you And arise and go to Ai See I have given into your hand the king of Ai And his people and his city And his land In other words You're not going to defeat the enemy Until you defeat yourself Until with the grace of God we defeat the secret sin that has been laid and hidden, willingly or unwillingly, for only God knows how long. We will never be able to face any type of enemy until we face what's hiding deep within our heart. Let me tell you something about digging something and having it in your attic or in the ground. What we think is hidden is not hidden. And the problem with something that is hidden and dug down deep, it grows roots and it continues to grow deeper and deeper and deeper and the longer we wait to destroy it the deeper the roots are that causes it to hold on and not let it go Colossians 2 verse 13 and 15 says verse 14 says he canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross somebody say nailing it to the cross and this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Thank God 
That God defeated the power of addictions. God defeated the power of lust. God defeated the power of what could ruin us. He defeated the power of demons and principalities and powers. He made a show and He humiliated all of hell by nailing His Son to the cross so that we could cry out and that God could raise us up, clean us up. God loved us so much. God killed His Son to cover the sins that are killing you. He killed His Son to kill and destroy the power of sin that's killing you and I. Amen? You're here this morning because God wants to raise you up and heal you. Just a quick thing here. C.S. Lewis said, If we insist on keeping hell, we shall not see heaven. If we accept heaven... We shall not be able to retain even the smallest and most intimate souvenirs of hell. I'm a believer, but I've got my box of Playboys. They're souvenirs of hell. I'm a believer. But if I was in the Garden of Eden, I wouldn't have had fig leaves. I would have had weed leaves. And I would have been saying, Eve, come over here. I got to smoke what you got on. <laughs> These little souvenirs of hell. Listen to what Billy Sunday said. Deathbed repentance is like burning the candle of life in the service of the devil, then blowing smoke into the face of God. Charles Spurgeon says, another proof of the conquest of a soul for Christ would be found in a real change of life. If the man does not live differently from what he did before, both at home and abroad, his repentance needs to be repented of, and his conversion is a fiction. Is my Christianity fiction? Someone's been talking to me about starting a church in Baton Rouge. I said, oh, but there's churches on every corner. And somebody called me and said, Lord gave a word for you. There's not a church on every corner. There's religion on every corner. There's not a whole lot of churches left that are preach repentance and the will and the way of God. Listen, don't take the accursed thing. I, I, I want to finish. Young people. I know right now I heard a song the other day and I asked my boys about it. There was this song, I Kissed a Girl, and there's a girl singing about kissing a girl. And you know, there's a lot of emphasis on experimenting. I want to encourage you, young people, do not experiment with the things of hell because it will keep you a lot longer than you wanted to and it will destroy you day by day. Do not experiment with drugs. Do not experiment with sex. Do not experiment. Other girls are kissing girls. It's okay. And maybe other guys are kissing guys. But listen, the world may say different things that are okay, but it's going to cost you, and it's going to cost you dearly. It's going to cost your conscience, and it's going to cost you purity. And the very thing that a right, godly young man is going to want is not going to see in your eyes because your soul will be contaminated with the experiments of hell. Do not experiment with the things of Satan. He's out to destroy, not to give you a good time. I'll end with a story, and 
1966, there was the bubonic plague in London. And they couldn't destroy it, and thousands of people were dying of this plague. And all of a sudden, London caught on fire in 1966, and it was known as the Great Fire of London. And the fire practically destroyed all of London. And while the people were weeping over their homes, why they didn't know that because of the fire that destroyed the homes, it also destroyed the rats that were carrying the bubonic plague. And because of the fire, the plague was stopped. There's plagues of things that the world offers. It's in the movies, it's in the music, it's in the magazines, it's in the clothes, it's in the media, it's in school, maybe in your home. There's a plague that will never die, it just will destroy until the fire of the Holy Spirit will come within our lives and burn out all the evilness and dross and wickedness that is sending us to hell. I'm here today on behalf of Jesus Christ. That he paid his price by giving his life that you and I could be free. He loved you so much he gave his life. Not as a way for us to continue with the accursed thing, but for us to live as the blessed and the blessing of God that he promised us. I want you to dim the lights. And I want everyone to bow their head and close their eyes as I close today. I want you to pray. I want the Christians to pray. But I want even the Christians to seek their heart. Today's a day to humble ourselves. To seek His face. To repent and turn from our wicked ways. I want to encourage you today, if you have wicked things in your home, I want to encourage you to go home and get those things and destroy them. Take the accursed thing out of your home. If there's things in your heart, unforgiveness, envy, jealousy, bitterness, whatever things may be in your heart that don't belong there, you know it's displeasing with God. Today is the day to lay it at the altar of repentance. Today we have built an altar of repentance. And when you read in the Word of God, every time they built an altar and sacrificed to God, the presence of God would come upon them once again. It's not just about studying on peace. It's about going through the door of peace and walking in that everlasting way. We must seek our hearts, search them. As we search God to search our hearts and search our minds. Pray with David. If there be any wicked way in me. I do desire to turn from that wickedness. I need your help to help me and strengthen me. To turn from what's contaminating and destroying me. I need you Holy Spirit to take a hold of my mind and my heart. That I may be able to battle. And to win the victory over the addictions. And the attractions. And the hidden things. That I feel I need to exist. I'm tired of trying to do things my own way because it's getting me no way. And I know it's not pleasing to you. If you're here today, right there where you are, here at the altar, I want to give you the invitation to come. Right there where you are, at your seat, kneeling, sitting, standing, here at the altar. I want you to repent today. The Lord is asking you to repent and leave here 
without the things you've had on for way too long. Ask Him now to move and to speak to you. We stand before a holy God here this morning. He said, without holiness, no man will see Him. We need holiness, conviction, and repentance in the church to walk before Him pleasing. If you're here today and you say, I know I'm not saved, or if you're here today and you say, I know my life is not pleasing to God. I need to get saved. I need forgiveness of my sins. And you know that you need to get your life back with God. I want you to raise your hand right there where you are. Just raise your hand right there where you are. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Raise your hand real high. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand also. Thank you. God bless you. Anyone else? I need to get my life right with King Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sis. I see that hand right here. Anyone else? Today is the day of salvation. This is the, today is the day that the now was for Peter. I came to an end of myself so the beginning of Christ can come into my life. Anyone at all? Anyone else? I've got to get my life right with him. God bless you. God bless you. I see. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So many hands came. Those who raised their hands, would you come forward and let me pray with you? We're going to pray with you. Those who raised their hands, come. Hands were raised all over this place. Come, come. Come and stand up here. Come and stand here, Brother Benny. Guy and Christy, others, would you all please come? Come, Sister Kathy, come. Stand with these people as they come because there was people standing. And it's a, you, you are very brave today. God bless you. That you're coming to surrender your life today to Christ. You're coming to say an end of me and a beginning of him. Come, come and stand. Come and stand. God bless you. God bless you. There were others here today. You raised your hand. Come, come, come. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, young men. Come, come, come and stand here. Come and stand here. Come and stand here. Come. Brother, come help me. Come help us. Holy Spirit of God. Anyone else? You at your seats, if you know your life's right with God, just go ahead and bow your head and just continue. If there's anything you need to give to Jesus today, give it to Him. I want to leave here different. The Lord has been moving in a move of salvation and repentance already. To get lives right because He's coming soon. He's coming soon and no man knows the hour, the day. But He's coming soon and the question is, are you ready? If you're not ready, you need to get up here and you need to get your life right with Christ right now. Right there where you are. If you know you've saved but yet you're not living like you should. You need to get to this altar or right there where you are. Cry out to God. Christians pray. This is serious. This is serious. This is serious. This is serious. We're talking about your life. We're talking about where you're going to spend eternity. Today is the day. I want to get it right with Christ. Today is the day of salvation. We give you praise, Father. We give you praise. There's cards in front of you. If you couldn't come up here, 
but yet you're going to say the salvation's prayer, please fill out that card and we're going to get in touch with you and send you material to encourage you in your walk with Christ. Let us as a body of Christ together. The Bible says that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We shall be saved. And I want to invite everyone up here. Put your hand up on your heart. And you at your chairs too. Put your hand up on your heart. And let's just all pray this before God Almighty. Let's all pray before God. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father. I repent of all my sins, the wickedness, and the evil in my life. I repent of all the evil before your eyes. Forgive me of having an evil heart for touching and loving and having a relationship with that which is evil in your sight have mercy upon me O God forgive me of my sins forgive me of my rebellion all my addictions and all of my ways I believe in the sacrifice of your son Jesus I believe what He did on the cross is for me today. I receive the power of His blood that He shed for the forgiveness of all my sins. I thank You, Father, for loving me enough for giving Jesus to cover my sins. I believe that you hear me now and that I am saved I am free I am forgiven and I am cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus my Savior thank you Father I am saved and my name is in the Lamb's book of life hallelujah come on give the Lord praise Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. God bless you, my brother.